Hi, welcome to Project Geospatial. I'm Adam Simmons here at the GeoInt Symposium 2023 in St. Louis, Missouri. And I have the pleasure with talking with uh, Daniel and Moody. Uh, it's been a few years since we've actually talked to you on camera. Uh, welcome back. You have a new role with a new company called Geosite, correct? That's right, Adam. Thank you for having me, first of all. I am indeed a Geosite. I'm the CTO of Geosite. And uh, it's been a journey, to say the least, through my career. This is my fourth startup. And uh, I'll just say I feel that it's the culmination of my career meandering through geospatial, and I look forward to talking more about it. Well, let's get right in it then. Uh, it's, uh, can you help our audience understand a little bit about your background, where you come from, your experiences in the industry as a whole? Uh, just get on and give us a brief synopsis on how you got here today. Absolutely. So I am a, I'm a geoholic, as you guys might imagine. I, uh, I grew up in... Uh, Technically, in Los Alamos National Laboratory, I was in the Intelligence Space Research Division for almost 10 years. Had a lot of fun and had the incredible opportunity to work on almost any data type uh, that could be out there. Beyond imagery, uh, think radio frequency, telemetry data, satellite data. Um, got to see some things being built, some things um, that could have been built better. And then was at this cusp of putting some of this technology into the cloud and large-scale development. And at that point, uh, you realize that some of the latest and greatest machine learning and automation and other um, state-of-the-art analytics needed to be brought into this fold of uh, broader-scale geospatial data uh, beyond the traditional image processing. So I left uh, LANL and I joined uh, Descartes Labs uh, shortly after it was formed. I did have the pleasure of working with the founding team at Descartes Labs while they were still at Los Alamos. And that was a um, tremendous uh, experience primarily focused on geospatial analytics on satellite imagery data. And from that point, I evolved then and moved on to Ursa Space Systems. Uh, got to go back to my first love of uh, RF and synthetic aperture radar, um, which was part of my uh, PhD thesis uh, scope of work. Uh, and that was, again, one more thing uh, to add to the portfolio. And after that, I had the chance, and when we were chatting last year, I had the chance to be um, at Arturo, which was a what we would call an undercover geospatial intelligence company. It was primarily focused on insurance. And I know you might not think insurance is a geospatially uh, savvy and um, um, adopting industry, but it very much is. It is driven by need, by customer need, and that's been a niche area that Arturo filled. Um, late last year, I had the pleasure to be introduced to the Geosite leadership team, and that was uh, an absolute uh, powerhouse. I will say we are right now the only, to my knowledge, geospatial startup and insurance, insure tech startup that's completely female-led, uh, and that has been an experience in and of itself. But I very much um, aligned with the vision and the mission of Geosite to bring clarity and resilience to the world by providing easy um, access to spatial data as a whole. I saw that as a massive need throughout my career, and having the ability to provide one API for broader use with a purpose um, that is building a with a user in mind, um, I found that to be an incredible value proposition. So here I am. I joined a Geosite as CTO, and uh, we get to do a lot of fun stuff, grow the team. Um, it's all geospatial data. I couldn't be happier, and uh, it's uh, it's been an absolute journey, and I, I do believe that this is, this is the solution that the geospatial world needs, and I look forward to bringing it to the market. So diving into Geosite a little bit more, let's talk a little bit about the services in detail, right? You mentioned insurance. Uh, what else does Geosite do? And or dive into what, what does that mean? What do you look for in insurance, uh, the services that you provide 
Uh, and then what else? What else do you do? So GSA has been around for a few years. It's not a brand new startup. And it has gone through a couple of pivots, as you might imagine, with the market changing, COVID hitting. Um, it has had to evolve as well as, as expected. It is an entirely remote distributed company. And early on, it was um, the vision and the core value of the company never changed. It was always about bringing geospatial data to the market. And what has happened um, early last year has been this pivot towards let's focus that data usage to the insurance market. And I'll talk a little bit more about why we felt that that was critical. Um, Geosite actually had a number of other products that we ended up pivoting and focusing in the insurance market and another very interesting market, which is the reason that I'm here at GeoEnd, and that is uh, to support Air Force search and rescue coordination centers. Um, and that is, um, you've probably seen some announcement, that is a contract, a TACFI contract that the company just uh, well, was just awarded. Um, 1.8 million, if I'm not mistaken. And that is to bring uh, into operation a mission management tool for the Air Force to help all of us in case we decide to go on a hike. Uh, or uh, maybe it's not a hike, maybe it's uh, a drive somewhere and we get lost um, and we now need rescue. And there are things that we did not, um, I was not aware even until I joined GeoSide, but there's a massive undertaking that the Air Force uh, takes over over a continental, I say, within overland uh, to coordinate these rescue efforts. At the end of the day, it is it, it is about integrating various streams of data in near real time with a very clear outcome of helping save life, if at all possible. Um, so it is a noble mission, and it also carries a lot of responsibility and risk because obviously you want to be able to provide the highest fidelity of data in the. Um, with the rapid turnaround, with the, with the fastest turnaround, so that you can enable these rescues. So we have this contract with the uh, Konos Air Force uh, Rescue Coordination Center as well as Alaska, and it has been, um, it, it's been a very interesting and I would say non-traditional, um, it's, it's not the way I normally think about bringing geospatial analytics. So that's been um, a product that's been undergoing at Geosite for a while. And in doing that, we also realized that it is very important to, de to develop for somebody to start aggregating geospatial data and analytics in a similar fashion to what you've seen traditionally as a systems integrator, right? We, we're all familiar with those systems integrators bring about uh, various components and devices to create a map, a bigger, a bigger system of systems. Um, I start thinking about it uh, the same way when it comes to analytics and data. Uh, you have various companies that either provide pixels or sensing of some sort, and then companies that provide analytics but you do need to have a way to bring them together in the same coordinate system. And it's beyond the, um, the simple, I shouldn't say simple because there's nothing simple about it, but it's beyond just a unified geospatial platform. You have to build that with a purpose and with a product in mind. Otherwise, you end up with incredibly cool tech um, that nobody wants to buy. So this, what, this is what caused us to really look at insurance. And this was um, with the urging of some of our investors um, some of them do do come from the insurance uh, insurance side, and uh, they saw a massive market need, which indeed exists, to bring uh, together the various analytic providers and insurtechs that do exist out there, and make the spatial data in all its forms and incarnations actually useful to the insurance industry. Why do we care about that as citizens? Well, I would like to know that my claim will be paid faster if there is a hurricane or a storm. And one way that we can speed that up is by providing information, again, rapidly, right? There's an enormous amount of sensing and observation of every point on the ground. 
that data does not make it into the insurance hands, in the insurance uh, adjuster's hands or the underwriter's hands, right? So at the end of the day, uh, sure, they do care about the bottom line, but they do need to have a way to ingest the spatial data easy, uh, a way that is easy and smooth and compatible with their current platforms, which are traditional and they were really built around text data fuel, think CSVs, um, which is not exactly compatible with your TIFF or your JSON file. So that is one of the simple things we do, geospatial plumbing, right? So one way to say that would be we do geospatial aggregation of all spatial data and services. At the end of the day, all companies that we talk to need that geospatial plumbing to make their systems work and easily accept all this other data that is currently available. That explained our pivot to insurance and uh, it has been an incredible journey to actually work with the insurance companies and um, go above and beyond to understand both their need and coming up with geospatial solutions to their problem. So we offer two products in insurance, or I should say one product. Um, one is a, um, an API to the geospatial platform uh, that is of huge interest, right? They want to connect and contract with one API and have, uh, we currently have 60 some partner uh, data that we offer through this API. Um, they want to have this data accessible around their policy and around their user data directly. So that is, like I said, that geospatial cleanup and aggregation bit. And for those that actually need a visualization system, our enhanced product line offers a visualization engine for all their customer claims data alongside all the layers of geospatial data that we um, ingest from our partners. So it is, um, it is a, I think, a translatable solution to other markets. For now, we try to stay very focused on the insurance industry. Um, there is a huge need, a huge market opportunity. And I do believe, and this is my personal opinion from what, uh, from what um, our leadership team has seen over the last few months, I do believe that the insurance market as a commercial market is poised to be the first to adopt geospatial data at scale. And we want to be at the forefront of that. And we want to be able to lead that charge and, and drive that digital transformation that the insurance market is hungry for. Excellent. Uh, so when it comes down to the types of data or even the uh, the premise of this conference uh, this year is obviously wrapped around things like the metaverse and looking at data at scale and uh, and maybe virtualizing it from, you know, how immersive the data is. Um, can you talk about perhaps, you know, the types of data that you bring in. It's not just imagery, of course. You bring in a lot of other types of data to uh, to assess and help your insurance partners out, um, as well as perhaps the, your Air Force uh, search and rescue uh, partners too, right? Yeah, and that's, that is a great question. Fundamentally, it's is what makes the spatial platform um, unified, if you will, over the various market offerings, right? It is a combination, say in the Air Force case, a beacon data that we get from NOAA, uh, emergency beacon, which will be a similar data stream to what you will get over um, with a maritime emergency beacon, for example. And you might want to bring in uh, base maps of various sorts, contour maps, um, detailed uh, weather, perhaps uh, alerts and warnings um, that might impact how the logistics of that search and rescue mission will go. Um, you might have to bring in things like, and these are all the data sets that we bring in, um, Maybe it's open data, right? Public data. It just needs to be cleaned up and brought in the same place so that that coordination can happen um, similarly. Now, when you look at an insurance side, 
um, and a, a similar user persona would be a claims adjuster. You just had a massive event happening. Uh, let's say a hurricane. Let's pick Hurricane Ian. That is actually one of the um, proof of concepts that we worked on with um, a couple of our customers to speed up their claims reserving. So Hurricane Ian hits. We know of it, right? There's data that indicates uh, there, are for, there are forecast models. There are hurricane intensity, hurricane risk models. Uh, we do have data before the storm. So we may have um, high-resolution aerial data from um, their, their partners out there that you know, think of a Vexel GIC that offers that high-resolution aerial data. And you can run then analytic models on top of that data. And those are also some of the partners that we work with to extract quickly ahead of time over all the properties you're considering, what is the roof type? What are the, um, what features are on a particular parcel and property, right? What are things you need to worry about? Are there trampolines, are there pools? Uh, what is the roof condition, right? That also matters when it comes to impact from the storm. So you want to, pre to, to stage ahead and prep, if you will, for these storms that come in, right? And we have that ready then in the platform well, with our customers to say, these are your policies, this is what's coming. These are the risk model exposure. So these might be climate type models and risk models flooding models that are obviously pre-event, but they help drive that understanding and quantification of risk, which is a huge need in the insurance industry. And then you have the actual event, right? Now you talk about in uh, like live observation data, right? Whether it's weather type uh, geospatial data. So think of a partner like Spire that we work with um, and bringing in not just weather data, but actual uh, flood observation data. Say it was a hurricane, there was a massive amount of flood. We work with ISI. We work with Ursa Space to say get that in situ um, extent of the flood and flood depth, which matter again a lot for our for our carries, right? And then you also might have post event data to start seeing what type of damage is indicated indicated by gray sky collections of imagery, which are these um, airborne missions that fly five to seven days after an event. So um, to us, geospatial data for an event. Um, is in a way, a, you know, a, an event management center, which is similar to that mission uh, management tool that we built for Air Force uh, conceptually, right? Different data streams, but at the core of it, it's all about bringing the same data into the same platform and providing that very rapid, unique API turnaround. And then on top of that, well, there'll be thin clients, right, that are providing that visualization to, um, to see, right, what you need to see. Excellent. And I guess my last question for you is how much of this data... Uh, how much of your products that you provide, services you provide, how much of that is automated uh, with machine learning, and how much of it is kind of manually driven between the uh, maybe models that haven't been uh, uh, driven off of objects that are a little bit tougher to create training data sets for? Yeah, and this, is, um, this might be a longer answer because this is a topic near and dear to my heart, right? So at the end of the day, one of the reasons I'm excited about Geosite is it enables us to provide and bring about the machine learning understanding that's a contextual understanding, right? We're here talking about the metaverse and the geospatial data in the context of a metaverse. One of the things that we believe in a geosite is that you need to understand um, almost a 4D view of a, of a location or a place and a time to really get the benefits of all the spatial data that's out there. Of course, we can do a lot of that data by using um, as much automation as possible, and that's what we built into our platform, right? Everything needs to be um, automated in terms of ingest, delivery, and also then go a step further and start um, building a, um, one of the things we do, for example, is this um, automated uh, geocoding consensus algorithm, right? And um, I'd like to take a second at the end and talk more about the geocoding in particular, but um, 
we want to be able to build uh, and provide to our customers an automated, uh, think of it as a recommendation engine, right? For this problem, for this question, these are the data sets you should look at. Um, one of the things we find frequently with our customers is um, just a, the deluge of information is almost uh, too much. And you, you can't just, there, there's no such thing as one data layer answering all the questions. So you do have to provide this set of, here are the 10, the 11, the 12 that are most important to answer your questions. So um, we do seek to make all our products as automated as possible. Um, I do believe machine learning is going to be uh, the key to helping us provide these products in a um, in the best way possible for our customers. We cannot shy away from that, not in this current uh, day and age. Um, but we do still have humans in the loop helping um, to drive the um, the integration, the automation, especially the QA, QC. Now, I mentioned the geocoding, and that is a huge uh, component of what we do. Because at the end of the day, if you have a claim somewhere or you have a policy somewhere, it is the most important first thing is to know where it is. And whether or not your actual house footprint is in the flood area or outside the flood area will make a huge difference. So in a lot of the cases that... Um, we see we have to provide not just the access to the geospatial layers, but also do that cleanup and that prep of the data that also includes that uh, geocoding um, cleanup and correction if needed uh, to make sure that you're looking at the right place, right? And that, that enables, enables the rest. So going back to your question, uh, the goal would be that everything is automated and we leverage machine learning as much as possible um, I am not personally believing that they will ever replace our job. Uh, we do believe in the machine learning enabled and you know empowered analyst. Um, and I will say in the insurance industry, I have been uh, very, very pleasantly surprised by how much um, excitement and eagerness there is to adopt machine learning, right? They don't see it as a job replacement. They see it as extra job security because all of a sudden they can process more and they can do more things with machine learning and automation. So. Um, that has been one of the reasons why we've been so excited to also work with the insurance industry. Awesome. Well, I, I want to thank you for your time with us. And um, where can people find out more about Geosite if they're curious about learning? Uh, you can go to geosite.io, uh, look us up online. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. Drop us a line or send us a, a message at info at geosite.io. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us and telling us about your company and the experience you've had leading up to it. Um, and congratulations on your new role. Thank you, Adam. Uh, well, that's, uh, that's a wrap. Thank you. Uh, this is Adam Simmons with Project Geospatial here at GeoEnt 2023 in St. Louis, Missouri. We'll talk to everybody next time.